0: Welcome back to the Healthcare Insight Podcast. I'm Eric Silberman.
1: And I'm Jane Crosby. Thanks for joining us again. We're excited about this week's interview with Ken Chaplin from Cancer Treatment Centers of America.
0: Yeah, Ken's the Chief Marketing Officer for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And obviously, you know, a really big brand in, uh, in cancer care and treatment. And he talked to us about a number of interesting things. I gotta say, one thing that stood out to me, was the dialogue about the shadow curve. And the shadow curve, if you're like me, I hadn't heard it referred to as this, but this is the curve of um, disease progression that is happening in the absence of screenings because of a big drop in screenings that we saw last year um, during the midst of COVID.
1: I agree. And it's hitting the cancer space in a unique way compared to our other clients who have a footprint across a variety of specialty service lines. And I think CTCA has done a great job of communicating with patients through a really consumer-centric viewpoint in terms of how they approach marketing and communications to really drive screening volumes and encourage people to make smart decisions about their healthcare. I really liked what Ken talked about in terms of how they're using digital channels to kind of augment the traditional space too, right? A lot of the new trends in OTT advertising and things like that have allowed us to take what was traditionally a traditional channel in TV advertising and segment our audiences to connect with people in really meaningful ways.
0: Yeah, Ken talks about the shadow curve and kind of how they've addressed that piece in more of a public service, um, you know, kind of oriented scope, which which I really appreciated and, and, and resonated with me. And then when I, you know, honestly, when, Jane, when I think about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, I think about their TV. And, you know, at least in the Silberman household, you know, we don't watch TV, right? We watch YouTube. And that's how we get served up all of our advertising. And the thing that Ken pointed out um, that was so... Germain, to, to, to what we talk about with, with our clients and, and prospects all day is this idea of really precise audience treatment through the digital channels. And it's wonderful to think about how TV has that same potential. Whereas just five years ago, we used to think of TV and linear, linear media as completely separate and apart from what we were doing in the digital space.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we're in an exciting time where we saw a shift to digital strategies that were solely paid search and paid social. And now we're seeing a lot of traditional digital and content marketing best practices really come together to create holistically integrated consumer-centric strategies. And I think CTCA is definitely leading the way in some of that.
0: It's a fun interview. We hope you all enjoy it. Let's get right into it with Ken Chaplin from Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Ken Chaplin... Welcome to the Healthcare Insight podcast. Thanks, Eric. Pleasure to be here. Really really happy to to have you, and and really excited to hear you kind know, of what's going on at Cancer Treatment Centers of, of America. But I'd love to start just um, for for our guests with a little bit of of background. Tell us a little bit about about you and uh, and what you're doing at Cancer Treatment Centers of America today.
2: Yeah, pleasure. Um, thank, thanks again for the opportunity to to be on the podcast. Uh, looking forward to the discussion. Um, I I serve at Cancer Treatment Centers of America as the the chief marketing officer, which means I'm responsible for communications to potential patients, existing patients. That is everything from television advertising on through to uh, direct email campaigns, uh, and very importantly, our website, cancercenter.com. Been in marketing uh, for uh, all of my career, in fact, began the early days at the Walt Disney Company. Uh, and then transition into financial financial services, and uh, excuse me, now
0: healthcare. I, uh, you know, that background piece is is obviously a, a kind of great great background and a lot of wonderful consumer experience. One of the things that that we were really interested in is is your point of view on maybe some of the contrast between uh, direct to consumer work in a non healthcare environment, particularly financial services and the Walt Disney World piece. And how that contrasts to what you're achieving, and what the reality is in something with the gravity of of cancer, and and then more broadly healthcare.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, great, uh, great question on on how you kind of go from from uh, Mickey Mouse to to cancer. It's uh, quite a circuitous route, but de- definitely, you know, similarities between those, and and uh, you know, look, looking at if you've had people on your show that that are in that more direct. Uh, consumer packaged goods or consumer products, entertainment, travel, uh, industry. Uh, you know, certainly historically, um, a somewhat easier field to market and just being able to use all of the, the digital uh, assets and tracking methodology that uh, was, I say was, available, um, you know, to marketers. Uh, and, and I think that that ability that uh, did exist Certainly uh, granted me exposure and experience, and the ability to uh, to leverage you know data in a way that, that um, you know gave us fairly targeted advertising, uh, but also because the broad reach of the message um, also let us use some of the uh, some of the more traditional means uh, that are more broadcast uh, centric. Um, looking at financial services, which, uh, which was my transition point, you know, again, moving into a more regulated area, one that has privacy concerns, security concerns, and, and certainly um, uh, much more of a, a heavy regulatory environment, uh, again, caused me to hone my skills and be you know, more precise and, and certainly more sensitive with regards to the information we use to market and, and speak to individuals. And now, you know, in healthcare, as you mentioned, the very sensitive, uh, you know, personal, uh, private area that is, it's certainly healthcare in general, but also uh, that of a, a cancer diagnosis, you know, is, is exponentially uh, more important to be um, respectful of privacy, to be uh, careful, and, and accurate with data that is used and it's a very limited amount of data and, and make sure that that's anonymized and, and, and certainly uh, used in a way that is, uh, that is protective and, and, and I think in that, the industry now coming from, as I said, consumer uh, through financial to healthcare is, is really moving toward more of the healthcare model. Um, as we are in, you know, more of a cookie-less world and, and some of the retargeting and, and tracking uh, capabilities are, are leaving the traditional channels. Um, and I think the industry is moving more towards um, healthcare for the, for the good of the consumer.
1: That's really good perspective, Ken. One of the things that I know you've spent a lot of time on in your career is attribution modeling. One of the things I'm interested in tugging at a little bit more is how attribution modeling changes in the cancer space, because obviously there's only so much as marketers we can do to drive that decision. There's a lot of other factors at play there. Can you talk a little bit about how you view attribution modeling at CTCA?
2: Ken, absolutely. That is the that's a you know a great question. Kind of is the you know the holy grail of uh, of what we always try to do in in marketing, which is you know what what caused um, you know an individual you know to react, or, or what combination of uh, of stimuli you know caused a caused a reaction, and being able to model that uh, with with regards to sort of the privacy that we discussed is is incredibly you know complicated for sure. Um, just just for background. You know, if you think about attribution, the, there's kind of that last touch model that had been historically used. Uh, you know, meaning if you ran a TV commercial and you had a, a phone number on that commercial, from a direct response standpoint, someone dialed that number that was in the commercial, that unique number, um, a marketer would attribute that call to the TV commercial. You know, now now as people are you know uh, continuing to and and ever more moving from TV to to online video consumption to uh, other digital channels to uh, to a very uh, you know complicated path to a, to a brand um, being able to figure out how much of a lift an individual touch point had in that journey uh, is really what we try and what we talk about when we mean uh, you know attribution so so in doing that you know what we've what we've tried to do is you know in, in with our own now uh, proprietary modeling as well as some off the shelf models that we have tried in the past is fine a value um, you know to a touch point so so for example, someone uh, may have seen a TV commercial not converted, meaning they didn't call the number um, at the uh, at the end of that spot, uh, but that same individual then uh, did a branded search, clicked on an, on a display ad, or engaged with us socially, uh, and then we can say, well instead of just saying it was the search that caused the individual to call us, um, what was the impact or the uh, the weight, if you will, of the exposure to TV. And we do that through a very complicated modeling process where with, you know, levels of of certainty and sort of probability, the fact that that individual was exposed to the TV commercial and then searched to try to assign those values to each of the areas to get that mix right within our our model. If we didn't have that, everything would go to paid search. And we certainly know that, um, you know, that would be a sort of a flawed business model.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Kudos to you guys for putting so much energy around that. Camping out at, at Tactics for just another minute, I am curious your view on, on where things are headed as we head into a cookie world headed into 2022 and other you know, tracking mechanisms continue to evolve in the digital space, particularly through Google and, and social media. Anything that your team's thinking about right now as those changes emerge?
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it's certainly on, uh, on on our top of mind and, and how we get there. And, and as I mentioned a little bit earlier, the 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 healthcare industry and certainly cancer um, has had to operate in that world, uh, you know, somewhat all along. So if you look at the, the National Advertisers Association (NAI), um, you know, Google policy, uh, other platform policies. Um, you know, healthcare has been precluded from using cookies, from retargeting, from using RLSA, um, you know, and, and again, rightly so, to protect consumer privacy. Uh, so, so we've had to, to rely on other sources, and I, and I expect these are what other marketers are going to have to rely on as well. And that's, uh, you know, more around this idea of, you know, addressable audiences, audiences in aggregate, where we're, um, you know, utilizing data, but utilizing that data in an anonymized way so that I'm not targeting someone that I have any information on that has a certain healthcare diagnosis, but again, has probability or potential uh, based on other available factors to be in what would be an addressable audience. And, and we're you know, moving into you know, a world, um, you know, somewhat successfully, especially given you know, what's been going on over the last year um, into you know, addressable TV or OTT over the top um, you know, d- digital video. And, and that allows us at the household level uh, you know, to target the, the video messaging uh, to those specific audiences that we think um, will be more receptive to our message. Uh, and then certainly back that up with uh, with the digital search or, or other type of social exposure, again, based on audience demographics uh, and other available information versus kind of that more web traffic, uh, site visit behavioral methodology uh, that we've had to rely on historically. And we're, and we're finding, you know, success with that, especially as Uh, Media consumption habits have changed. Uh, You know, people are now uh, again engaging much uh, more um, in a much more customized way with brands, and sort of that broad-based,
0: really what was for us. uh, You know, cable advertising, for example. You know, Ken, I'm probably working backwards a little bit, in in the next line of question that I wanted to pursue. But when I think about cancer treatment centers of America, you guys are kind of way at the top in terms of major cancer treatment brands I I think of a lot of the academics and then and then you guys in the proprietary space looking kind of at the journey to here maybe a little more than looking forward talk to us a little bit about kind of channel and approach that has kind of catapulted Cancer Treatment Centers of America forward um, since you've you've been a part of the, the the team.
2: Yeah it's a you know it's a great question Cancer Treatment Centers of America does operate Sort of in a unique space within the healthcare industry and that, and that is really back to the the, the the roots of the company, our founder whose you know mother had a cancer diagnosis she wasn't provided uh, with information or options uh, and ended up passing uh, because of that lack of uh, of sort of choice and our founder said uh, that he would build and did uh, build a company that allowed uh, a patient to be empowered uh, to to really control their own journey uh, within healthcare to to have uh, an understanding of the options available to them that they may not have otherwise known to be able to you know reach out to someone um, who they can speak with who they can Uh, you know be at the center of their own journey and 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 that founding principle and mission um you know drove sort of how we started and and how we've evolved and and that really did begin um you know back in the in the the sort of late 80s early 90s with that that broad-based messaging of of really awareness and and if you think back to those days there there wasn't uh you know the internet there wasn't all this complicated digital marketing It was pretty straightforward and uh that that core uh, ability to communicate directly to patients, you know, in their homes, and and, and certainly, uh, you know, I say I say the, the, the TV set or the smart TV it's not just linear TV anymore. Um, remains core to our you know to our strategy, and that is uh, you know reaching people uh, you know in the place where they're most comfortable in the in the types of media that they're enjoying. So, um, whether it's TV uh, in the way it's always been, or or more uh, programmatic, uh, addressable TV, uh, that remains core but but where we've you know adopted and and changed is is utilizing uh, the digital tools and the and the third party data sets in particular um that allow us to be much more sophisticated with that so that within a specific uh DMA uh we can understand at the zip code level uh, the individuals uh and 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 those cities or pockets uh, that that may not have access to to world-class cancer care in their given city um, may not have uh, the ability from sort of local practices uh, to get the treatment they deserve and and be able to message to those in a more precise way than for example you know hypothetically someone in boston who's got you know world-class cancer care uh, you know within a minute's drive so so we've, we've continued to build on what that core principle is which is patient empowerment as the patient empowerment moves into, you know, that digital space where they're doing their own research um, you know, we, we endeavor to reach them there uh, and, and still provide that, that human contact. Um, You know, our, our call center, an individual is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to to answer questions and um, you know, help patients on that journey.
0: It's good stuff. And, you know, we've talked about the consumer audience piece. We've talked a little bit about the channels. I'd love to just talk for a minute or two about content. You know, when I think about the uh, origin story of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, when I think about kind of my interaction with, with, with your content, consumer choice is a very central theme. The voice of the patient is a very central theme. Talk to us a little bit about how you think about content in uh, the efficacy of, of what you're approaching from a marketing standpoint.
2: Yeah, co- content and, is really uh, you know core, and certainly as we were talking about the journey and, and patient empowerment, that's what they seek. They, they they want the information, understandably, about their treatment options, about their choices, and about what their cancer diagnosis and their journey looks like. So, at uh, at cancercenter.com, we we run uh, Cancer 360, which is our blog, and and that blog is. Uh, set up in a way that, that allows patients to search and to look, um, you know, within nutrition, within healthcare options, within uh, other sorts of topical areas that allow them to to do that journey. Um, content is also core to our, you know, our B2B strategy and that we're uh, a resource for physicians and, and for their ability to. You know, refer patients to us um, to understand, uh, you know, certain certain sorts of other um, ways that Cancer Treatment Centers of America treats patients holistically, uh, and, and content is is key to that. Um, we've, you know, done uh, what I would say, arguably is a you know pretty good job at it with CancerCenter.com uh, being the number one you know visited site, you know, by a factor uh, versus any other provider site on the web. And you know when when a high-profile diagnosis of pancreatic cancer or someone you know passes of lung cancer, um, you know our site is uh, inevitably the, the most referenced site um, from the from the media standpoint and from consumer standpoint. So yeah, you know absolutely content is is core to it. Uh, cancer is a very confusing uh, you know journey and being able to help uh, clarify that and, and again empower patients is, is core to our strategy.
1: Good stuff, Ken. Thanks for sharing. I think you know to Eric and I and our listeners too, it's obvious in in your marketing strategy that you are a very consumer-centric brand. One of the things I'm curious about is how you view physician referrals. Many of the other cancer organizations that we work with are very reliant on physician referrals as a core piece of their growth strategy. Can you talk a little bit about how you build physician relationships to drive referrals in your business as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that is, you know, if you look at us as, a, as, a, as an organization, an area where, you know, where we're sort of moving toward uh, more than we had in the past, uh, again, being reliant as we have on, on direct to consumer conversations now uh, being that resource and being that uh, you know, organization that has strong physician networks is, is key to our future strategies. So we have, uh, you know, built up our physician uh, relations uh, network and, and team uh, and, and they are, uh, you know, building uh, those bridges and, and, frankly, breaking down some of the, the barriers and, and perhaps, uh, you know, preconceptions that may be out there about Cancer Treatment Centers of America because we have been a direct-to-consumer marketer. So within their strategy, I've seen a, a lot of success on on running, you know, CME programs. Uh, and, and, and certainly with doctors who have attended those, um, have a much improved perception of CTCA, um, having attended a CME, having visited one of our sites, and, and really understood for themselves, uh, you know, what we're about, how we treat cancer, and how we're going to stay engaged with them. So again, the the, the content side of that, uh, the engagement side of that, and providing you know, webinars, uh, visit opportunities. Uh, you know, just depending on uh, availability. Uh, you know, within the within the pandemic parameters. Um, you know, is core to that. Um, we are not uh, as advanced as some of the some of the providers you probably have spoken to, uh, but it is something that we are we are building. That is something that we are working um, strenuously to try to develop those relationships and, and educate. Uh, you know, providers or, or sorry, physicians as to uh, as to how we treat cancer and how we can be a partner to them.
1: That's great perspective. And you touched on something that I think is really important in the physician marketing space, which is content marketing is still the focus, right? Um, And it's so critical to get providers the information that they need to help their patients make good decisions and, and get them the care that they need. One of the things I was also really interested in asking you about, obviously, COVID nineteen had a huge impact on patient volumes across the healthcare space, and for many of our clients, I think it had an outsized impact on cancer uh, organizations in particular. Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in volumes today as vaccines start to roll out, and maybe how you responded to that shift early on?
2: Yeah, it's been a, it's been quite a journey, and 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 one that uh, you know as we look back it's It's interesting to see how how little we knew you know, a year ago to how much we know now. So so you know, yeah, you know absolutely. as we as we have five centers, uh, you know across the country, or we're in, we're in Phoenix, we're in Tulsa, uh, Atlanta, Chicago, and Philadelphia, uh, but you know had historically drawn a patient population from across the country. Uh, you know as as you know COVID spread across the United States as travel shut down, um you know, we had to quickly, you know, adopt our strategy and and change our messaging and change sort of the areas to which uh, we provide those messages. So, um, you know, quickly uh, into uh, 2020, we ended up morphing and and adopting a strategy that's much more local than national. So where we had been on, uh, you know, national television, we had national SEM campaigns running Um, using the data we had available to us uh, within what we drew or 250 mile Uh, You know, circles around our hospitals, uh, a messaging strategy to patients or potential patients uh, in those markets, knowing people were less likely uh, to travel probably by car more than four hours and and certainly um, not even possible in some cases to get on an airplane. Uh, so, so that strategy and that, that messaging, uh, you know, within that period, uh, you know, really was around that idea of, of cancer won't wait, uh, you know, cancer is not going to wait for, you know, appointments to clear up, hospitals to open up again, and, and messaging that we are uh, open, um, that we are able to take cancer patients, we're not treating any other sorts of sicknesses or disease in, in our hospital is a cancer-only facility, uh, and and that we are, uh, from the messaging area, you know, a short drive away. And, and within that, then, providing on our site the, the videos, the, the content, the research, um, and even an online screening tool to allow patients to, to understand, uh, you know, what we were doing to protect them, uh, to understand the importance of continuing on their treatment journey, uh, and to be able to have someone, uh, you know, support them and support their journey, you know, to one of our sites so they can remain in treatment and stay on top of their diagnosis. Uh, that that uh, you know worked well to support patients to allow them to continue their treatment and and now as we start to see your question you know the vaccines roll out um, you know first and foremost we are you know certainly supporting that effort our our hospital in in Zion right outside of Chicago is actually serving as a central uh, hub uh, to deliver the vaccine to the community um, you know in Lake County uh, Illinois um, we are also then uh, you know certainly. Uh, from a messaging standpoint, um, you know, letting people know this idea of the, you know, of the shadow curve—that if they had delayed treatment, and, and if they are now faced with a, uh, you know, a cancer diagnosis, um, you know, God forbid that may be more uh, advanced than it had been had they caught it earlier—that uh, we certainly have the expertise and the experience, uh, you know, in, um, you know, complex and advanced stage cancer to be able to provide them the the, the treatment um, and to get them into treatment quickly. Um, We do have the the ability to get people into an appointment within 24 hours and a treatment regimen within 48 hours, and and that is as as hospitals open up, you know, unique in the space. There's quite a bit of backlog, and and we want to keep our, uh, you know, capacity uh, open so that we can get patients in quickly, and and that's kind of how we've evolved now that people are more comfortable, uh, you know, traveling and as the vaccine continues to roll
0: out. You know, one of the, I did want to ask you, Ken, about the the shadow curve, uh, you know, obviously across the country in the early days of the pandemic, first half of, of 2020, we saw these incredible reductions in diagnoses across uh, all kinds of severe conditions, you know, heart attacks, cancer, et cetera. And that that increased severity as the kind of trailing uh, implication of that, um, you know, is a major, major focus for a lot of, of hospitals and health systems. I, I'm curious about the kind of centrality of that to some of your marketing messaging, just from a outreach strategy standpoint, where does the shadow curb implication line up in, in your radar of, of marketing?
2: Yeah, it's a, it, it, it is something, you know, unfortunately that we're, that we're seeing, uh, and, and I wouldn't necessarily put it in marketing in its traditional sense, as much as I would say it's a, it's a message. And and uh, the reason I say that is that when we message this idea of the shadow curve, it tends to be more in the in the PSA space. So you know, for example, um, we we shot a spot with our CEO, Dr. Pat Basu, uh, you know, where he talks about this idea of the shadow curve and, and uh, in video format, direct to camera. Uh, you know, but the answer is, you know, whether you get treatment with us or treatment elsewhere. Um, the important thing is that you get treatment. And, and that really is the message that, that we want to get out there is to, to everyone and anyone. Again, our mission is patient empowerment, whether they're our patients or, or someone else's, uh, that they do seek that treatment. So it, it's core to our messaging strategy, but, but from a marketing standpoint, uh, it really is more about um, that, that PSA, that public service announcement to remind people, hey, you know, cancer won't wait. So, so please do seek, uh, you know, seek your treatment, seek your screenings,
0: stay on top of your health. It's great stuff. And that makes makes a ton of sense. And and I appreciate the additional, you know, color around that piece. You know, you've talked to us uh, over the course of the last uh, little bit about some of the opportunities that over the top marketing has developed around some of the segmentation that's possible in the digital channels with some of the what used to be, you know, entirely linear uh, approach, like like television when you look ahead, what are some of the things that you feel like healthcare marketers really need to be paying attention to that maybe aren't in the mainstream right now? Whether that's channels, tools, audience trends, what are you looking at down the road in your future casting?
2: Yeah, so, you know it's a it's a great question. As we're trying to trying to get caught up here on on and re and retrenched as so we go into the into the the new year and and go into our new fiscal year, um, you know that that certainly is top of mind. You know, I, I would say the, the the technology side of things uh, remains uh, at the top of our list. And, and how we message that those products are available to our patients is really going to be core. So, so what do I mean by products? Uh, one, certainly the, the adoption of telehealth, uh, you know, video that that really was a, a small uh, sort of nascent offering, uh, you know, a year ago uh, that has leapfrogged and now become the expected, uh, the expected norm. Uh, so providing those video consults, providing the, the video opportunity uh, is one that we're going to continue to do. But beyond that, you know, individuals are are happy to be able to receive treatment at home where possible. So we're we're launching from again a product standpoint uh, an at home uh, oncology clinic uh, in in partnership with uh, you know Edna and CVS, where we're able to go in and 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 a patient could have their uh, chemotherapy infusion at home. Uh, you know, again this is a pilot program, uh, but programs like that are are certainly. Um, I think going to be the future in messaging and providing the underlying technology is is certainly core to marketing. Uh, and then third, uh, you know, just in in general, that uh, ongoing sort of care management that is facilitated again by by technology and, and patients able to engage with the provider engage, uh, you know, with their their health program. You know, whether that be things from nutrition, genetic counseling. Um, you know, all the way up to, you know, direct consults with their, with their uh, treating oncologist or even an infusion at home. Uh, th- th- those are things that we're looking to, you know, certainly for the future uh, with regards to, you know, messaging that availability, that unique uh, innovation that we continue to offer. Now, now how we do that and from a channel perspective, uh, that, that certainly evolves. Content is going to, you know, remain a core part of it and, and how that content is delivered either in branded experiences, um, you know, customized content that, that we've uh, uh, generated and and dispersed uh, or partnering uh, with other leading content providers in the space are, uh, are are how we're looking toward the future.
0: That's great stuff and and then maybe, you know, just kind of in in closing, maybe backing up to just a personal or professional look for a minute. You know, if 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 you look out at the kind of favorite books kind of what's on the what's on the podcast roster when you hit the treadmill what's sitting on the on the bedside table in terms of books you're reading what's some of the stuff that you're keeping an eye on if we want to think and and read and listen to some of the same stuff you are
2: yeah, you know, it's a, from a from a reading standpoint, and from a book standpoint, I do tend to, you know, I do tend to be, you know, fortunate enough to be able to get onto, you know, a lot of the the podcasts and webinars as as those are much more easy to to get at. So, uh, you know, being part of a lot of the the MMA sessions that are out there, and certainly being a, a core member of the ANA, the the Association of National Advertisers, uh, you know, afforded us with a, a a great opportunity to go ahead and and uh, you know, attend a certain seminars, stay on top in, uh, of, of the latest trends and engage with fellow marketers. So, so those are, you know, just a couple of the associations that we work with from a, uh, you know, a printed, you know, book standpoint. Uh, it's a, it's a little bit old, but I think it's one that still makes good sense, at least from, from what I've been able to read. It's called the uh, hacking, uh, marketing, I don't recall the author of it, but, uh, you know, quite a good book uh, with regards to kind of the digital transformation that, uh, that has taken place and is continuing to, uh, to take place within, uh, you know, marketing war rooms, if you will, around the country and, uh, and and certainly as, as sort of traditional, maybe branded shops, perhaps in healthcare that are used to, you know, sponsorships and billboards can, can really evolve. So, so I would say that's, those are kind of the three core areas that, uh, that are top of mind for me right now.
0: It's great stuff, Ken. We really appreciate your generosity of time, your generosity of perspective. Thanks so much for joining the podcast with us today.
2: Thank you both. Pleasure to be here.